Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. I think everybody would agree that as developers, we can't know everything. There's there's always going to be something that we don't know. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be something new to us or anything like that, but just there's such a depth of knowledge. We we bump into these things where we don't know the answer to a question that we have. It might be productive uh, for us today to discuss how, how we would approach that because we're all in this predicament from time to time and none of us wants to look like we don't know what we're doing, but there's a balance to be had. So Aaron, let me, let me uh, throw it to you. What is, what is your uh, thought process about asking somebody for help? Well, first of all, I disagree with your premise, sir, that some of us don't know everything. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and immediately everyone hates me. All right. Mm. Um, I guess it's a mix of um, trying to move a project forward, but also being humble and also trying to understand productivity, also understanding how you learn things. You know, so there's a, there's a, really complex balance. I think that, um, we tend to solve pretty well, uh, subconsciously, but, uh, just like with everything else, if we spend a little bit more time thinking it through, we can be even more efficient. So I think a lot of times we figure out like, Oh, who should I ask this question to, or mm -hmm. when should I ask or whatever? Um, but almost by accident. And I think that it's probably worthwhile thinking that through a little bit. So I'll give you an example. Um, if you're newer to a team, and you're seeing something weird in the code base, do you ask a question or do you try to uh, Google it, right? Well, I think it's the, the, the better question to ask yourself is, does this seem like it's a language construct or a programming pattern that I don't understand? Or is it a domain level or something in the business mm -hmm. that I don't understand? Um, I've seen a lot of Stack Overflow questions and things like that where people post questions about programming. And it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like all of, <laughs> all of the answers are in this code that you, you know, you, you posted and really it's some other context that they haven't shared with us that, oh, well, we have this yeah. decision or this or whatever. Um, and, and, and so I think that's the first sort of thing I do is I try to determine uh, if I have a question, is it um, something that is in the track of you just know more technical knowledge or you know more about your business? Yeah, that, I think that's a good distinction. And and when I was posing the question about questions, I was actually thinking more just like a pure knowledge question, like how do I do this thing or why isn't mm -hmm. this working? But but the, the really, we run into the other one, the, the thing you mentioned, just as much, if not more, which is like, well, why is it done this way in the code? Like like you mentioned, right. especially when you're newer to a team, that's I don't think you're going to find an answer to that on Google, right? I think uh, when you say, how do I do this thing? It still leans a lot towards what I'm talking about, which is mm. there might be a way to do this thing, but there might be a way to do this thing in, in this project for right. certain reasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I would like to propose, let, let's maybe just focus on the purely technical thing, right? So, so not necessarily like knowledge private to a team where you'd have to get that information, but more just like, Hey, I normally do PHP and I'm, I'm doing some JavaScript today. And like, how do I do this thing in JavaScript that I know how to do in PHP? You know, some, something along those lines, like uh, something you could find an answer to maybe in Stack Overflow. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've found 
some benefit, even though it's a little frustrating in putting in work to try to figure it out on my own to a certain degree before I ask for help. Because if I just ask for help and I get the answer, I, I find that I don't learn quite as much as if I do my own research or maybe even try a couple of things, hit a few dead ends and then ask for help. What, what is your take on that? Well, how do you, how do you know then that you're not spending too much time that you're not just spending yeah. up on something for eight hours of researching when you would have asked, Hey, Joel, how do you copy a, a, an object in JavaScript? And you'd be like, Oh, uh, it's simple. Just do this with three dots. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, generally stuff that's that simple to answer is also pretty simple to Google, but it, you know, maybe the things that are a level one or two up from there, I certainly would not spend eight hours uh, flailing about before I ask for help, but I, I think for sure, 15 minutes. And what I like to do when I ask the question is even say, you know, Hey, here are some things I tried. Mm -hmm. None of this is working. What do you suggest? And that way I kind of show the person I'm asking for help. I tried a little bit and I'm not just leaning on them unnecessarily, but I, I did do a little bit of research on my own too, without, without taking the whole day doing that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's a good thing to have to maybe time box those things and mm -hmm. see if I get stuck on something. Having worked in other teams for, a, for quite some time in my career, there's kind of an unknown sort of relationship that develops with people who ask too many questions, uh, which is like, why does this person not just learn what they're doing? Why are they right. always asking yeah. questions? Why yeah. do we have to hold their hand or whatever? So there's this balance that we had between, you know, asking too many questions versus where are they? What are they doing? Why do they spend four hours researching eight different things when they could have just asked us in Slack or something? Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you kind of get at another thing that might hold somebody back from asking, which is ego, right? Like, mm -hmm. or not wanting to appear incompetent in the job they're hired to do. But personally, I, I try to not, I, I have those inclinations at times, but everybody has to ask for help now and then. So as long as you're asking for help and you've done a little bit of work, or if this isn't something you've asked five times before, like that, that might make me question your competence a little bit. But if this is just something new and you're like, hey, I tried this, I'm stuck. Can you just point me in the right direction? Maybe you're not even asking for the answer, but just some input too. I think there's value to that. We, we talked a little bit what it's what it's like to think about asking a question. Let, let's maybe flip it a little bit now. And so let's put ourselves in the shoes of the person being asked the question, because I think there's some knowledge we could share here on, on how to be a good team member when somebody comes to you for help. So first of all, uh, a topic I know is near and dear to Aaron's heart is that of empathy. So when, <laughs> when somebody asks you a question, try not to be like, annoyed or puzzled, like, why don't you know that? Or, or, or there's things we can do even without really intending to put somebody down that can come across that way. And mm -hmm. so I've, I've experienced that and I've been guilty of doing that uh, unintentionally. But I think that's probably a, a, a first thing to have in mind when somebody asks you for help, just realize like, Hey, it, it took a little bit of humility for them to ask for help. So don't like stomp on that. Maybe just uh, be empathetic and, and do your best to help. I think some of that comes uh, again with, you talked about ego and it reminds me of uh, uh, a tiny little aside I want to share. Okay. So the, the year is 2007 uh, and I've been programming PHP for six years and uh, yeah, 
that's that's a long time ago. Um, and uh, uh, I I went to ZenCon, which was a big conference that ran by Zend, you know, the PHP company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I knew everything, and I was a little let down that they didn't pick me as a speaker. Um, but I I was I was real tough. I was, I'm the best programmer ever. <laughs> I mean, after five or six years, you surely can't learn anything new, right? And so I was in the back, kind of sitting by some of the speakers. And I looked over and they were having a conversation about programming in C on one of the Peckle extensions. And then I realized I have no idea what they're talking about. And suddenly I am not as great as a programmer as I thought I was. And that was a really, really important memory that stays in my head. It was really humbling. And it's the sort of thing now I, I like to remember when people ask me questions too, and when I'm answering them is um, first of all, as much as you know, there's always someone who knows more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, and then also, we all have these little silos or areas that life has led us through that we learned something. You know, there are people that maybe one of their first contracts was mobile apps, and they ended up becoming just really specialized in developing mobile apps. Doesn't mean that I know more about you know. It doesn't mean that I won't know more than them because I know more about Laravel. Just means that we took different uh, paths and we learned different things, mm-hmm. and so keeping that in mind when you answer those questions, I think is, is super important. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a good attitude to, to try to maintain. Another thing I, I think about as at, at the moment you're being asked a question is how to respond. And it's going to depend a little bit on the nature of the question, but there's basically two ways of responding. One is giving them the answer. And a second way is maybe asking, hey, have you have you tried this? Have you thought of that? Have you looked at this? Where you're not necessarily giving them the direct answer, but sort of leading them to the answer. I know we've talked about it in, in other discussions on this podcast, but uh, it, that's something to think about too. And there's a skill to kind of knowing when to just hand the answer versus leading them to it. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing too is um, kind of back to your previous point about having different paths and knowing different things. Sometimes knowing the answer to a technical question really has to do with knowing some other area. Like, for example, if somebody's AJAX request is failing and you understand the intricacies of DNS and caching and some like network level things, it might be obvious to you why that thing Mm -hmm. is failing. It has nothing to do with the code. It's like a whole separate thing. But maybe the person is more development focused. They didn't have a, a side job doing networking or something in the past, or they haven't dug deeper in, into the, the plumbing of the internet. And so they don't know some of those things. And so that really, I think, can be an opportunity to teach, uh, not just say, oh, here's the answer, but kind of point, like take a step back. Here's the actual root cause of what you're running into and, and kind of expose them to this other sphere of information that will be useful to them in the future and other things as well. It's almost a full circle to the earlier part of the conversation where it's other context. So it's other yeah. things that are available or happening that affect this particular question or challenge. So Joel, what was, yes. what was the, what, what was the point of all this? To summarize if I had to say there, there's two takeaways and these would apply not just within a team, but just kind of in the internet at large and in the, in the programming community is number one, don't be afraid or ashamed to ask for help. If you've tried your best, you put some effort into figuring it out and you just don't know, it's okay to ask for help. And on the flip side, if you're in a position where somebody's asking you for help, 
don't be a jerk about it. Be empathetic. <laughs> try to help. Try to teach, not just give an answer. And I think the internet will be a better place. I like to watch how security in the real world kind of plays out, uh, how we make decisions as well about how we keep things organized or protected or secure. And uh, one of the things I've noticed is when you go to the airport, there's tons of different levels of security and all mm -hmm. things are getting checked and everything. And you go into a special room and you might get patted down. I don't know. A lot of things happen, right? <laughs> okay. Um, and then everything, you know, still everyone's, paying attention you can't be crazy on an airplane they might turn around and take you off and then when you land and you get it back into the airport all of that just goes away when you get to baggage claim okay you ever it's a free for all that? yeah it's just all suddenly just tons of bags are coming out and no one just questions i'm just gonna go grab this bag like i, I don't get it like how is there not uh, is there a lot of bags stolen i know people lose them but you know it's like oh but you know i get it it's because you know we won't be safe on the airplane because you're confined but mm -hmm. it seems like that that's just like all of a sudden at the very end it's just like and then take whatever bag you want <laughs> the airport's like this is not our problem anymore you guys you guys work this yeah. out as a group <laughs> here is literally literally a trough of stuff mm -hmm. take your stuff you animals <laughs> uh, i we used to take trips to florida and when we'd fly back You'd see some different things, like especially in the winter flight that from, from a cold area where we live to a warmer area like Florida. And like somebody would have a set of golf clubs, you know, something really big and unusual or like a box of oranges would come rattling off the uh, <laughs> the baggage claim. And I'm just like, wow, those are not going to be in good shape. But yeah, it is, it is very much a, a free for all environment. Yeah, I wonder if there's any other situations like that, like... Um... I think about that too, is um, kind of like roundabouts, like <laughs> everywhere, like at a lot of intersections, you have, you know, stop and go lights or, you know, crosswalks and all that kind of stuff. And then a roundabout, just go like, just don't hit, hit don't hit the guy on your left and, and just go. It's, it's, it's like such a weird juxtaposition to me. Can uh, you think of anything else weird like that in your life? Well, I just, I have a comment on the roundabout <laughs> uh, when, when those were becoming fashionable in this area. I made an offhand joke to a friend that I heard um, legally you have to circle the roundabout once before you can exit it. <laughs> <laughs> he believed me and um, apparently did that. But anyway, so don't don't do that. Or if you joke, at least make it obvious it's a joke. But um, all right. So so real other real world examples of things going crazy. You know, one that, one that came to mind for me, which maybe isn't quite an ex as extreme an example as what you cited, but in, in the same sort of category is, is at the grocery store. You know, uh, like when you check out, it's very orderly. You have lines, but there, there's that one spot in the grocery store that I find personally a little uh, chaotic, and that's the deli counter because there's no clear line. There's usually multiple people that can help. And at least around here, you know, like, like in the olden days, they'd have take a number and they'd call you like, they don't have that anymore. So you sort of have to <laughs> muscle your way to the front. You have to make eye contact with the person. And when you have multiple people waiting, it, it's a, it's a little bit uh, chaotic as far as who gets called on first and, and who gets helped first. We've compiled 17 handy Laravel tips into a new book called a little bit of Laravel. Our goal with this book is for developers to read one short tip each day and then put it into practice, making their apps a little bit better. 
If you'd like a free copy of this book, go to nocompromises.io slash tips.